Hello, hello. Welcome to School of Revival Consecration. My name is Jen and I am so excited to be together um, for such a time as this. And uh, as you can see, I'm wearing red. There's fire behind me. We're going to dive into the fire. And uh, guys, this is such a special time. Um, I'm so honored to be a part of what God's doing in each one of your lives in this season. Very expectant um, for what the Lord wants to do. And um, we're just going to, I just want to open up in prayer um, and uh, just welcome more of the Holy Spirit. But it's so good to uh, to have all of you here and I'm excited to meet with you, but Holy Spirit, we just thank you for today. We thank you, um, that you've drawn us together for such a time as this. And Lord, we pray such a beautiful blessing over this school over the next two weeks, specifically, Lord, we welcome your spirit. We welcome your fire. We give you permission, Lord, to bend our hearts, to, um, rearrange things, to realign things, Lord. We thank you, that you have drawn us together. And God, we want you to move however you want to move. We say we are yielded vessels. God, I thank you that you have something very special and significant for each person here. And so we just welcome you, Holy Spirit. We say, come and have your way. We're here because we're in love with you, Jesus. We're here because we want to know you more. We want to be poured out into this world for your glory. Lord, we're here because of you, because of you, because of you, Jesus. And so would you be exalted the next two weeks, Jesus? Would you be exalted in every single conversation, in every single session, every single relationship, Lord, in every single activation, in every single moment? God, I pray that there would be a heavy, weighty, um, just kabod glory resting upon this group and resting upon this time lord i pray that it would be so saturated with your presence god if we don't have your presence there's no point in meeting and so we we just pray and declare that your presence marks our time together in a special beautiful deep and profound way for your glory in jesus name amen when, when you think of the word consecration, right? Because how many people are going to sign up for a school on consecration? Unless you're crazy. Unless you're like, I'm willing to give my life for the Lord. I mean, who does that? We're talking about fasting. We're going to talk about the fire. I mean, I don't know who, who would sign up for something like this, but unless you are completely sold out for Jesus. And those are the my favorite people to run with. And so if you're here, that's you. But when you guys hear the word consecration, what is the first thing that comes to your mind? set apart all his, um, holy devoted, holy, holy set apart, consecrated, sanctified. These are all those things. Um, and I just feel like, uh, I, when I was in Virginia, um, maybe it was two years ago now, right before I let go of my life in Reading and, and the Lord was really telling me to let go and embrace a new season. And I didn't want to, it was hard. I didn't want to surrender it because I just love it. And if you guys ever been to Reading, you know how special that is. Um, but he was really having, stripping things from me because he wanted to bring me in some more. And I remember um, being, you know, ministering at this little church um, in Virginia 
after I extended my trip and the Lord in the middle of worship had me switch my talk to Hebrews 12, one to two, throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and, and, you know, run the race set before you fixing your eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before endured the cross, despised the shame. And it was in that moment in that church, I realized I can't go back. The Lord is calling me to strip off things that I carried that were really good in one season, but he's calling me to uh, a different season I need to let go and I can't step into my new season if I don't let go of what was great in a, in a previous season and it was there when I saw the hunger of the people I realized I can't go back to writing that's oversaturated I need to now go to the nations and bring the fire God's put in my heart to the hungriest of the hungry which set my life in motion um, to do uh, I mean a year about a year later we did the first school revival in Switzerland then Czech Republic then Belgium but I traveled the world. I went to the nations, mainly Europe, and I would just release the Holy Spirit. And um, I felt like what God was having me do, I felt like this billion soul harvest. I felt like this tsunami wave of revival. I felt like this is already upon us. And what the Lord is doing is consecrating the Christians so that the Christians are ready to steward this mass influx of souls. And so I spent that whole year, maybe two years, preaching a lot on Hebrews 12, but really trying to um, invite the Christians to be aligned and running wholehearted after all that God has, because we need to be prepared to steward what the Lord's already doing. Um, that tsunami, what wave of revival, I feel it's already upon us. The harvest is ripe. And I feel like we as Christians really need to be consecrated um, set apart, aligned, wholly focused on the Lord so that we can embrace and disciple um, what God's doing. And so that's kind of the heart. Um, I feel like, you know, we are in a Kairos moment. You know, a Kairos moment is these once in a lifetime moments in history where things just come together and align and synergize. And I feel like maybe, just maybe we are, and maybe um, we're a part of something special. And our generation has been given this invitation, you know, and there was a Kairos moment uh, with the Israelites when they were in the desert for 40 years. Um, you know, they didn't have to be in the desert, but there was this Kairos moment where there was this invitation to step into the promised land and Joshua and Caleb were wholehearted. They were consecrated. They were all in but the Israelites weren't, they missed out on that Kairos moment and a whole generation of Israelites died off in the desert and, a whole, and they had to wait for a whole new generation to rise up before they could step into the promised land. But I feel like we are at this turning point in our, in our not just our nation, but in, in this generation where we have this invitation to press in, um, in a similar way as, um, you know, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, right? Um, that was that was a Kairos moment where the fire of God fell when a handful of people were meeting together in an upper room with their only agenda, just to wait on the Holy Spirit. And then God crashes in and there's fire that comes and rests upon them. And I feel like this is our moment. I feel like we're entering into another upper room uh, encounter with the Lord, where as we gather together, you know, there's upper room, Zoom room, like God can do it again. He can do it with this community of hungry, burning ones from around the globe in a Zoom room. We've experienced it. We've seen it. We're going to ask for more. Um, and so I, I feel like we are in a Kairos moment and there is something special. And each person here, I believe is here for a reason. Um, there's no way you would be here right now with us if the Lord had not destined this time and this intersection to happen. I feel like great things are waiting. Um, I'm very excited for what the Lord is pouring out and going to continue to pour out. Um, 
this kind of is a foundation for our school revival in general, school pioneering revival, if you want to add the word pioneer. If you're here, it's likely you're a pioneer. You don't fit in a box. But this was what Josh was telling the people right before he was about to take um, the, the, the people into the promised land. And these people, after a whole generation had died off, um, these people were now ready. But he said, when you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the priests who are Levites carrying it, the worshipers, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go since you have never been this way before. We're going somewhere we've never been before, guys. We're in the midst of a global pandemic. We're in the midst of so much um, you know, we're going off the roadmap. There's an invitation in our generation to go off what was done before and actually follow the leading of the Holy Spirit out into dangerous waters, out into a place we've never been before. The only thing that we have to cling to is Jesus, is the Holy Spirit, is following the Father. And I feel like the Lord, um, I hope that this week, the next two weeks is uncomfortable for all of us, myself included. I hope that we're able to welcome God to move in a way that refines us in such a powerful way that we, we let go of maybe old patterns or old ways so that we can step in and press into the more that he has for us and, and prepares us to steward the more. Um, but we're going somewhere we've never been before. And what Joshua told the people right before this, he said, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things um, among you. And so this was his preparation. And don't you guys feel it? Don't you feel like the Lord is already doing amazing things, but I just feel in my, in my being, in the deepest parts of me that, that we're on the verge of something epic, of something phenomenal, of something like that only God could do, that the turning of the tide is coming. You know, I, I declared over 2020, this would be a year of alignment synergy and an unprecedented outpouring of the Holy Spirit. It feels like the enemy has come and almost done the exact opposite, but I feel like the tide is about to turn and God's heart for 2020 has not changed. I feel like that unprecedented move of the Spirit is still coming, and I feel like what what if October 31st? What if October 31st is the hinge, the shifting point? What if we are on a verge as a school revival to shift this generation into the more, into that tsunami wave of revival? What if through the intercession and prayer and revival fire that's stewarded in this small group of just under 50 people that we can actually shift and turn the tide of history? I believe it. You know, that's where we're reading Reese House. He shifted the tide of history through intercession and prayer. And so we're consecrating ourselves in preparation to steward what I believe is God about to pour out his spirit in an incredible way. There's a couple of verses I want to read uh, along these lines. Um, Hebrews 12, 12, um, 26 to 28. And it says, at that time, his voice shook the earth. But now, as he promised, once more, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. These words once more indicate a removing of what can be shaken, created things, so that what cannot be shaken may remain. There's a shaking coming. There's a shaking that's already come, but we want to be people that have uh, such gold in us that, that we cannot be shaken. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, an eternal kingdom, let us be thankful and worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. For our God is a consuming fire. Whew. And then another version says, since we are receiving an unshakable kingdom, we should be extremely thankful. 
and offer God the purest worship that delights his heart as we lay down our lives in absolute surrender, filled with awe. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. This is our act of worship because we're giving an unshakable, we've been given an unshakable kingdom. So our response is to lay down our lives and surrender. Second Peter 3.10 to 14 says, the day of the Lord will come and take everyone by surprise. It will come as unexpected as a home invasion. And this is the Passion Translation. The atmosphere will be set on fire and vanish with a horrific roar. And the heavenly bodies will melt away as in a tremendous blaze. The earth and every activity of man will be laid bare. Doesn't it feel like right now, almost like in a tsunami, in a radical you know, shift, there's the, the tide is pulled back and things that weren't exposed are now exposed. It feels like that's been happening in our, in our generation. And it's, it's an invitation. It's a gift to be refined so that when God moves, we're not crushed. Um, the earth and every activity of man will be laid bare. It feels like this is now. Since all these things uh, are on, on the verge of being dismantled, whew, don't you see how vital it is to live a holy life? We must be consumed with godliness while we anticipate and help spread the coming of the day of God, of, of the day of God when the atmosphere will be set on fire and the heavenly bodies consumed in blaze in a blaze. But as we wait, we trust in God's royal proclamation to be fulfilled. There are coming heavens and new quality and earth and new quality where righteousness will be fully at home. So my beloved friends, with all that you have to look forward to, may you be eager to found, found sorry, may you be eager to be found living pure lives when you come into his presence without blemish and filled with peace. And that's what we want to do is we want to live wholehearted lives. We want to be set apart. We want to um, be yielded ones. Consecration is a yielded and immediate yes to the leading of the Holy Spirit. It's to be set apart. It's to be sacred. It's uh, sanctified, prepared, holy, purified, appointed, dedicated to the service and worship of God. And I love that Joshua and Caleb, you know, right before their you know, going into the promised land and going to explore. It talks about how they were wholly dedicated to the Lord. They were whole, wholehearted. And I think that that's, um, what does it look like to 100% be wholehearted in love with Jesus? Um, you know, we can be Christians and be 85% um, surrendered. Um, most people are, right? And, but what does it look like to be a 100% yielded, consecrated lover for Jesus? He wants even that 1% that we don't want to give up. And uh, I feel like this is going to be a powerful week, a powerful invitation. The Lord is going to do the work. It's not striving. Uh, it's all love. But consecrated lovers, these are some of the characteristics of consecrated lovers. Um, you know, consecrated lovers, they're set apart. They're yielded. They're living sacrifices, already laid down their rights. Are, they're burning ones. There's a difference. You know, you see them burning for the Lord, w walking on the highway of holiness, setting a new plumb line of holiness for others, um, following their hearts at all costs, not afraid of the fire, but choose to live in it, are refined like gold and walk in purity and fire. Um, there's something uh, about living in the fire. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that in a minute. Matthew 8 says, blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. 
Um, and so what I want to say right now, too, is, is what we're doing this week, um, at, you know, positioning ourselves to be consecrated ones. This is what it is, but I want to tell you what it's not as well, because I think that's also important. Um, consecration is not striving to be holy. It's not perfection. It's not working to make ourselves pure or holy in our own strength. It's not a religious status. It's not elevating ourselves or comparing ourselves with others. It's not striving, but it has everything to do with being in love. Consecration is being in love. Um, we're not trying to be holy and set apart so that we have more access to the Lord or try to do anything on our own strength. We're going after Jesus with everything inside of us. And as we go after Jesus with everything inside of us, he removes anything that would hinder us from all that he has in love. And sometimes it's painful, like pruning. But consecration is simply being in love. So I just want you guys to know from the beginning, because we're going to, you know, walk out in fasting. We're going to, we're going to dive into things. It's all grace. It's all love. You cannot fail. Um, you know, this week is about an invitation from the Holy Spirit to go deeper into the heart of the Father and whatever that looks like. And so um, I just want to make sure you guys know there, this is not a status. This is not a religious, you know, you know, metal we can put on. This is just an invitation to be saturated in the Holy Spirit, welcoming a fresh baptism of fire and letting the Lord rearrange and realign anything he wants to do. We're, we don't have to look for it. We're not trying to find sins. We're not trying to find things wrong with us. We're trying to find Jesus. And as we find Jesus and welcome that fire, he will realign us in areas that need to be realigned. So therefore, I urge you, Brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. In light of all that God has done for us, um, this is our normal response is to become a living sacrifice, um, to be completely yielded to the Lord, to not conform to the standards, the patterns, the mindsets of the world, but, but literally to run after the Lord. Um, and, and what does it mean to be a living sacrifice? And what does it mean to uh, be a burning one? Um, and, you know, what does it mean to have a be in a season of consecration and what does it mean to be in a lifestyle of consecration? Um, you know, a season, some, sometimes there'll be seasons of consecration. Uh, I liken a season of consecration to, um, a woman who's pregnant, right? So there's a season, a nine month season where that woman who's holding a baby inside of her, um, cannot drink wine, cannot eat things that are unhealthy. She has to have a little bit different standard of living in that season to protect the baby. A season of consecration, if I'm writing a book, maybe I don't watch TV or I don't go on social media or I don't do what I maybe would do in other seasons because it's a different sort of season where I'm pulled back. Um, you know, I, I remember one time uh, I was kind of in a season of consecration and I, I was working on a book and I was in Reading and I was at the Simpson Library and there's all these most amazing books there. Oh my gosh, um, revival books. And uh, I wasn't a student there. I was just using the library, but I had a friend that used to go to school. So she had you know access to a library card um, and we had the same name. So I ended up wanting to, to take some of the books home and check them out. So I borrowed her, you know, her, her library number and uh, used that to check out books. And then at one time when I was checking out books, the librarian said to me, um, you're Jennifer, right? 
because that was the girl's name I was using the library card for. And I'm like, yeah. Um, and then I, you know, I got the books and I left and I felt like this conviction. Um, I did not lie to her. My name is Jennifer, but I deceived her. I'm not the Jennifer that was on the library card and I'm checking out books under someone else's name. And I felt that this conviction of the Lord, it might sound like a really small thing to you, but I was so thankful. I was so thankful that the Holy Spirit convicted me um, of that because it just was an invitation to walk in greater purity. And so I had to do something that uh, was a little bit humiliating for me, but I went back to that library um, and that librarian and I apologized and I said, Hey, just want to let you know, um, my name is Jennifer, but I'm not the one on that card. I was borrowing my friends. I'm really sorry. Um, and she's like, okay. She's like, well, that means you can't check out books anymore. I'm like, I know, I know that's okay. Um, I'm sorry. And she kind of like, I think she was thrown off because she's like, no one's ever done this before what's going on. But I felt like for my own heart to be pure before the Lord, um, I needed to repent and I needed to do the right thing. And so, um, that's, that's, just a little bit of an insight into, you know, a consecrated, a season and a consecrated life. And I feel like at least for the next two weeks, we're going to be in an intense season of consecration. Um, Maybe this will become a lifestyle. Maybe it won't at Destiny House. It was a year. uh, It was an invitation to do basically a year season of consecration where we didn't drink alcohol. Uh, We, we, we worshiped every Friday. We, it was, we fasted on Mondays. It was, it was a season of consecration. Um, and, and in hopes that sometimes those turn into a lifetime of consecration, sometimes they don't. Everyone's called to different measures of consecration um, and being set apart. Um, but a lifestyle of consecration. Many of you here are pioneers. Many of you here are called to pay a different price than other people. And, uh, and I think that's Im- important. And so if we look at what is a focused life uh, on the face of Jesus, what does a lifestyle of consecration look like? Um, it's a Psalm 27. It's, it's one thing I seek, one thing I desire to dwell in your house all the days of my life. It's this focus on Jesus, focused on the one thing. Um, John the Baptist, he was a person that lived a lifestyle of consecration. He, uh, you know, he, he just, his whole life was consecrated to the Lord in, in a radical way. And he paved the way for Jesus. Um, he, he lived uh, this way that literally, you know, invited people and prepared them to encounter Jesus. Um, a focused uh, lifestyle on the face of Jesus, a lifestyle of consecration. It's, it's a highway of holiness. It's paving the way for others in our generation. There might be some movies you can't watch so that other, pe- other people can watch, music you can't listen to that other even Christians can listen to. Um, it's it's not that what they're doing is wrong in any way. It's just God's called us, this group, this community to pay a higher price than others. And I don't know why he does that, but there's different people that are called to pay a higher price and we have to be obedient and willing to do that. Even some of your, your family, you know, you may be called to pay a higher price than even people in your family, as far as being set apart, as far as um, choosing to do or not do certain things as unto the Lord. Um, you know, Daniel, there was a season where Daniel decided he didn't want to eat meat and he wanted to do that to honor the Lord and the Lord blessed and honored him. Other people could have eaten meat and been fine with their conscience, no sin, nothing wrong. Um, and so it's not a, an issue of sin or not sin. It's more of a, an issue of obedience and yieldedness to whatever level of holiness and consecration and price God's calling us to make. Um, Peter, 
you guys know the story of Peter getting out of the boat. I think it's in Matthew, um, Matthew probably 14 or 15, but he sees Jesus in the middle of a storm. So what does he do? He jumps out of the boat. He goes after Jesus. Um, no other disciples walked on water, but Peter. Um, no one else had that desire or calling in, in that moment, but Peter. And so it wasn't that Peter was better than any of the other disciples. You can't compare. This is, this is really important. We can't compare the, our level of consecration, our level of yieldedness or whatever God's calling us to, to anybody else. We have to just be obedient to what God's calling us to do. But Peter, you know, like he did the impossible. He walked on water with Jesus. Nobody else did. And, and some of us in this community, we're going to be called to do crazy things like walk on water with Jesus where people will not understand. People will think we're crazy. But, but we're following Jesus the best we know how, and it's going to look different, and it's going to maybe offend people. You know, the woman who poured out the alabaster jar of perfume on Jesus offended Jesus's closest friends. But what a powerful act of worship for the King of Kings um, that people didn't understand. And so we have to be willing to be so obsessed with Jesus that no matter what it looks or feels like, we're willing to pour out our lives to him. Um, and that may offend people around us. People may not understand. People may do comparison, but we can't compare. We just have to yield and say yes to whatever the Lord is calling us to do. Um, Pioneers set a new plumb line. We're setting a new plumb line for this generation by walking in the highway of holiness. Yeah, just because we're called to a different level of holiness than others doesn't mean that we can, uh, doesn't mean we're better, doesn't mean that we can, uh, that God hasn't called them to something else that's really important, um, but we are called to a different standard that we need to honor. So as we dive into people like Reese Howells and Consecrated Ones, it's not, to, it's not for comparison at all. It's for inspiration. It's for conviction. It's for calling us to a deeper level of holiness. It's for uh, calling us to a deeper level of burning. So don't compare when, when you read Reese Howells. Um, just be inspired by his yes, and then let that inspire your yes, however small or big. It's not about comparison. It's about becoming a burning one. Um, it's learning to live in the fire. Here's Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. You know, um, they said to King Nebuchadnezzar, your threats mean nothing to us. If you throw us in the fire, the God we serve can rescue us from your roaring furnace and anything else you might cook up. But even if he doesn't, it would make not a bit of difference. We still won't serve your gods or salute um, or, or worship the gold statue you set up, Daniel 3, 16 to 18. So this is an invitation, at least for the next few weeks, hopefully a lifestyle to live in the fire. When I feel like God's calling me to surrender a relationship, to surrender a commitment that's painful, I surrender it. And then I say, God, more fire. It's already painful to me, but I say, God, more fire. Send your fire in this relationship. Send your fire in this sacrifice. Send your fire in my life. If it's already painful, like I'm just like, God, I still want more. Um, and so this is the difference of what we're doing versus other people in the sense of we're actually in this next week walking into the fire. We're actually embracing the fire because if we can learn how to live in the fire, live in a baptism of fire, live in the refining fire, welcome the spirit to search our hearts. If we can live in that place, when the fire comes, we're not thrown off. We're not taken out because we already have learned to live in the fire and become purified like gold. Um, welcoming the fire over our relationships, our commitments, our dreams even, and our future and our visions. That's a powerful way to live. Um, 
it won't destroy us. If we can learn how to live in it, it won't destroy us. Matthew 3.11 talks about a fresh baptism of fire. That's a powerful thing to pray in our lives. Um, fasting is one way to position for this fire. I'm going to talk more about that tomorrow afternoon and give you guys tools to set you up in how to embrace that. That um, It's refining like gold. It's a wholehearted Jesus lover. It's alignment. So that's what we're doing this next few weeks. We're learning to live in the fire. Guess who's in the fire with us? Jesus. Boom. Burnt offering, Leviticus 6. Um, you know, what does it look like to be a burnt offering? What does it look like to uh, be, you know, we heard Evan Roberts. He said, I just have to wait for the fire. I've prepared the altar. I've laid the wood in order. I have to wait for the fire. And uh, this is an invitation to um, be a burning one, not just in a season, but as a lifestyle. What does it look like to burn? Um, are we burning? Are you burning in this season for Jesus more than you ever have before? And if, if I say no to that answer, then something is wrong and I need to seek the Lord because I need to be hungry for Jesus today and more burning for Jesus today than I was yesterday. If I'm not, there's not forward momentum. I'm stuck. I'm apathetic. There's something that's off. And so I think, I believe every single person here is a yes to that because you're here. You're like, I'm, I'm in. Let's go. Let's go more for Jesus. So you guys have invested in yourself with your time, your resources. I believe that the Lord is going to meet you with fire, with encounters, with radical connections. I'm, I'm just feel like this is going to be one of the best investments of your life. I'm very expectant. I believe there'll be life-changing uh, altering directions uh, at the end of this. Um, movements, revival movements birth. I'm just excited for what the Lord has. Um, and this is what we're doing. The fire on the altar must be kept burning. It must not go out. Every morning, every morning, the priest is to add firewood and arrange the burnt offering on the fire and the burnt and burn the fat on it. The fire must be kept burning on the altar continuously. It must not go out. Yeah, so... Um, whew. that's what we're doing guys. That's what you signed up for. You signed up to be a burning one. That is, uh, it's best to do it with other burning ones. Um, behind me, you guys can see the, the matches is, is lighting the other, you know, matches. It's, it's great to do it with community. When we're in a tribe of burning ones, it's just catalytic. Who knows, who knows what God is going to birth in this next couple weeks with this community. Um, who knows how history is going to be shaped for hundreds and hundreds of years from what is birthed out of burning ones coming together to seek the face of Jesus in a concentrated time, all, all partnered for the one thing. I, I just am expecting, I, I feel like eternity in heaven will be populated and shaken from what God does um, with the remnants. You guys are the remnant. You guys are the burning few. I'm just so excited and anticipating um fire in the altar there you go this is this is us guys we're laying our lives down on the altar we're saying hey we're all in let's go um and one of my verses that marked my last few years therefore since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses this is hebrews 12 1 to 2 hebrews 11 if you look at the the chapter before this it talks about all these great men and women of faith who have paid a price it talks about even people who have been martyred like sawn in half and just like literally like the pain and suffering persecution and martyred and it says that's all chapter 11 um and then it says therefore therefore since these people have been martyred for their faith since they have paid a price for you to walk in the highway of holiness since they have you know laid down their lives for the gospel what are we going to do next 
and we have a cloud of witnesses. We have a cloud in heaven. We have a cloud, you know, Carrie Judd Montgomery, Reese Howes, Evan Roberts. We have a people that have paid a price that are now cheering for us, cheering us on in this season to go after God with everything inside of us. So because of the price that's been paid, because of the price that Jesus paid, this is what we're called to do. This is some of the this is some of the cloud of witnesses right here, right here. There's there's Martin Luther, there's John Wesley, there's D. L. Moody, Carrie Judd, Montgomery, Smith Wigglesworth, um, Mariah Woodworth, Edder, Evan Roberts, Amy Simple McPherson, Catherine Coleman, William J. Seymour. This is some of the crowd. This is some of the crowd that's cheering us on today. Therefore, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders, and the sin that so easily entangles. The further and faster we want to go, the less we can carry. The further and faster we want to go, the less we can carry. So I pray that this week is a baptism of fire and that God burns up and destroys any excess baggage we are carrying in our life, even from previous seasons, so that we can run unhindered running after Jesus, um, after all that he has for us with nothing at all holding us back. Um, this is our time guys. Uh, this is our time for the Lord to bring perfect alignment for us to run after everything he has put in front of us. Let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us guys. See how they're in the, those lanes. Everyone is in their lane. We have to stay in our lane right now. My lane is school of revival. That means I have to say no to some other things that are happening, the amazing things that are happening in Orange County right now, because God has positioned me right here to serve you in this season, and I want to give it 100%. So I need to stay in my lane and do what God's called me to do. I need to say no to other things. I, I just said no to another dream that God fulfilled. I said no in the next semester to teach at Vanguard because I feel like God is doing something so profound and so beautiful within this community that I need to give 100% to diving into what God has because I feel it's so unique. So I need to stay in my lane for this season. My lane was a different lane last season. That's okay. I stayed in it. But what is the lane? And I feel like that's so important. We can't look to the left. We can't look to the right. We can't say, oh, that person's doing this. That person's doing that. We need to honor, cheer, celebrate, you know, champion them, but we have to do some of, some of you guys right now, your lane is, is being with your family. It's homeschooling. It's raising up your kids to be revivalists, burning ones for the Lord. That's what God's called and commissioned you to do in the season. Then you need to do that for the glory of God. Um, your, your call may not be to go evangelize the lost and go out and do missions and all that. That may not be your season. You need to know what season you're in, what lane you're in and keep your eyes on Jesus and run wholeheartedly, um, after, the Lord with perseverance. Um, you know, it's dangerous when you switch lanes. You don't even know how many times I'm driving in Southern California. And I, you know, under my breath, I'd be like, stay in your lane, you know, cause the car's about to swerve and hit me. I'm like, what are you doing? Um, it's dangerous, you know, like it's actually, uh, it's dangerous. Um, when you try to get out of your lane, it can cause accidents. We cannot try to be anyone else. I can be Jen, Jen Miskoff. And that's the only person I can be. And when I can be me to the fullest measure, people are blessed. You have to be you to the fullest, me fullest measure. Luke is called to Africa. He's being Luke to the fullest measure. And, and Zambia is being rocked by the fire of God because he is planted there. He may not be called to bring revival in America in this season. 
but other people may. You know what I'm saying? So we have to make sure we stay true to the lane um, that we are called in and trust that God is moving there. We cannot compare. We cannot look to the left or the right. We have to keep our eyes focused on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. This is why we're here, guys. This is why we're running. It's all because of Jesus. Um, we're not running after a consecrated life. We're running after a person named Jesus. And as we run after him with everything inside of us, he refines us, he remolds us, he reshapes us, he realigns us. And uh, this, is, this is truly why we're here. Um, all of you have been gathered together burning for revival because you're in love with a man who's in love with us. And uh, it's, it's, it begins with Jesus. Revival is just more of Jesus. It ends with Jesus. It's all about Jesus. So therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us fix our eyes on Jesus and run this race, staying in our lanes, who for the joy set before us endured the cross and despised the shame. Um, this is the race that we're in, guys. It's it's not a comparison game. It's not anything other than being in love with the King of Kings who is madly in love with us. And um, this is why we're here. And this is what we want more of is just Jesus. And uh, I hope I hope you guys get my heart in this school. Um, you know, consecration is a big, scary word. And we're going to dive deep. We're going to get uncomfortable. We're going to position ourselves to welcome the fire of God. Um, but it's all because we, we want to be closer to Jesus. We want to um, be pleasing to him. We want our lives to be living sacrifices. We want, um, you know, our hearts to be burning ones for him. And, you know, it's, it's all, it really is all about um, Jesus. Uh, you're here because of Jesus. We're all here because of Jesus. And uh, I'm just excited to see what he has. I'm excited to see what's going to happen when he takes burning ones from over 10 different nations that are committed to consecrate themselves for a season and press into the more. And uh, I just feel like all of heaven has been waiting for these two weeks. I feel like all of heaven is peeking over the clouds, the cloud of witnesses. They're so excited because they know there's world changers. They know there's people with movements. They know there's revival movements. They know that, you know, there's just radical wholehearted lovers gathering together just to, to worship at the feet of Jesus. And so um, this is, this is the, what we're going after. It's just more of Jesus. Um, and so Holy Spirit, I thank you. I thank you for this theme that you're highlighting in each one of our lives. I thank you, Jesus, that you paid the ultimate price. I thank you that you, um, your yes just ravished all of our hearts. Your yes to live a normal life and then live to die and be just completely crucified on the cross for us. Lord, we thank you that we were the joy set before you every step toward that cross. I thank you that our lives were worth your sacrifice. It's just mind-blowing that our lives, that my life was worth your yes to live a life to die. And so, God, I pray that throughout this week, we would have a greater revelation of the price that's been paid for us and a greater ability to appreciate and thank you and give our lives back to you in wholehearted surrender. 
So Lord, we do say we, we surrender these next two weeks to you. We surrender this season and we give you permission to do whatever you want to do. We give you permission to realign anything in our hearts that's just slightly out of alignment to remove anything in our hearts that would hold us back from all that you have. Jesus, we want to live pure. We want to live uh, refined, Lord. We want to live wholehearted for you. And so I just pray a blessing over each person, Lord, that you've drawn together. I pray that the fire of God would just burn even brighter and deeper in each one of our hearts, Lord, that we would have greater revelations of the burning fire eyes of Jesus, Lord, that you would unlock dreams and encounters and visions this week, Lord, that there would be something, uh, acceleration, Lord, in our destiny, acceleration in our calling, acceleration in our relationship with you and with each other. Lord, I thank you that, that this just feels like a, a hub, a, a greenhouse, a, a just a, a set-apart time where you are longing to mark us in a special way that's going to literally define the rest of our lives and shift us deeper into what you have. So Lord, I, I pray that you'd seal everything that was released today, the seeds, the, the scriptures, the, the stories, Lord, that you would continue to burn in our hearts um, a fire for you that's unquenchable, that ignites those around us. So we're here for you. We love you, Jesus. In your name, amen.